0: i am not much for giving inspirational addresses. I'd just like to point out that every newspaper in the country has picked us to finish last. The local press seems to think we'd save everyone a lot of time and trouble if we just went out and shot ourselves.
1: There goes the runner at first. Torino strikes out swinging, and this one is over the-
0: Yeah, I mean, it's etiquette, you know, well right. in etiquette, you can't... Right oh. There you go. I ain't getting this one, boys. No way. Too high. Too high. <laughs>
1: Get on your horse. <laughs> Don't miss the cutoff. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't getting
0: this one, boys. Too high? What does that mean, too high? Too high. Oh, not too high. Too hard. At first, it was really uh, high. Who oh, gives a shit? F- it's gone.
1: And corner. Hello, friend yep. Jim Nance here. It's nighty night time. Same day, he creates a Hall of Fame Mimi.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they should have trade. They need to trade him to Latvia right now for <laughs> uh, one of the Ball brothers. For, for one of them.
1: We'll take the futures <laughs> on uh, Lamelo. Yeah, we don't go. want Leandro. He's trash We'll take the futures on Lamelo
0: cooking with jet fuel oh
1: my gosh that's electrifying
0: you're gonna get a lot of live action oh yeah
1: thanks for everybody tuning in to the short thing here on talk radio 1190 with your host warren shore and ryan Silva. So new time slot here at 7 p.m. You just heard two hours of race talk with Pete. Good show. Check it out on Sundays now from 5 to 7 next week. He might be at TMS, so should be a good show with the NASCAR races there. we got a great show planned for you today. We're going to talk a little Masters later on in the show, MLB. Opening day was on Thursday and the Rangers faced the defending World Series champions. We'll discuss how that went and we got a whole lot of stuff. We'll start off with the final four. But Ryan, uh, we have a new TV star on the show. I <laughs> made his uh, TV debut on Friday and it went pretty well.
0: Uh, so how was that, Ryan? It was cool. It was a new experience. Uh, I was covering for Chip Wagner on Fox 4 News uh, doing traffic. That's my day job. Uh, in the morning, I'm a traffic anchor here at iHeartMedia. So yeah, I got the chance to go fill in for him and uh, see the big boy productions down there in Dallas at uh, Fox 4 News. Pretty cool, you know. A little nerve wracking. I was a little more of like excited nervous than I was just like nervous nervous. But uh, like you said, I think I went pretty smoothly. They're asking me back, so I guess I didn't do too bad that's of a job. Good. Yeah, that's that's good. I would say that's a good thing. So uh, how was your
1: Easter? Today's Easter. Have one. Wish everybody Happy Easter. Also Passover was the past couple of days. So everybody out there that uh, celebrates Passover, Happy Passover to them. So how was uh, the Top Golf brunch?
0: I'll tell you what, man. Pretty good. You're the one in the colony, or no, no, McKinney? I, yeah, no, in Allen Allen. Allen. Allen, yeah, that one's the closest to uh, my family and I, so we went to the Allen one. Man, I'll tell you, I was striping the three wood today, uh, off the ground, no, no tee. Right. I hit the back net a couple times with three wood, there hitting it go. straight. It felt pretty good, and I'm golfing this weekend down in Austin, so it'll probably be the complete opposite of what I was doing today. So I can't wait for that. Did they have the tracer thing? No, not okay, yet. Okay, that's the got, one in the yeah, colony. That's the one in the colony. They haven't gotten there yet. Okay. I, I was trying to figure out to see if they could, and so I asked our server. He's like, "Oh, no, we don't have that one yet." I was like, all right, well, when you do, I'm going to be here and watch all my balls hook left into the net, (laughs) so can't wait for that. Uh, Where are you playing in Austin?
1: uh roy hills i think is okay i haven't heard of that uh, i haven't played there yeah
0: apparently it's pretty open not a lot of trees not a lot of water which is perfect for me so i can hold on to as many balls as possible <laughs> yeah perfect course for you yeah uh yeah it was an absolute stripe show stripe show at the tribute with my dad and i yesterday roy kaiser by the name roy kaiser okay i, I haven't heard, heard of it but
1: absolute this. stripe show in the wind man uh I almost thought about tweeting out a couple of the club head photos. no i'm just <laughs> kidding but all right action pack show enough of that uh, we're going to talk Final Four. Villanova and Michigan are in the championship game. Villanova just absolutely steamrolled. Um, they absolutely steamrolled uh, Kansas and uh, going on. They, what, started 10 of 10 from the floor from three? Yeah. Uh, They're up 22 to four early on. Ab- unbelievable start. I mean, every shot you thought it was going in. Yeah, it, it was a shock when it wasn't going in. Yes, and uh, they they started out, I think, 10 of 13 from three, or 11 of 13 from three, and they'd only taken four
0: two-pointers. They didn't take a foul shot until like eight minutes to go in the second half. Yeah, they weren't driving in the basket. They didn't need to. Like you said, everything they were chucking up was falling down. I hadn't seen uh, a, 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 some, a performance like that from a college team from behind the arc in maybe ever. I know. And, okay, so I saw a stat from one of the guys I follow on
1: Twitter, Cleve TA, Advanced Analytics. If you want some Vegas help, go check him out on Twitter. He posted the last four times the Final Four was in San Antonio. The cumulative shooting percentage was 31%. Or it was 33%. Very low. Yeah, And so Villanova absolutely lighting up far contrast from the Michigan-Loyola game when nobody could score. So I was stunned that uh, Villanova came out. And if you're a Kansas fan, you can't even be mad about that. First of all, I don't think a lot of people thought they were going to make it to the Final Four at the beginning of the year. And then you just run into like the hottest team around, or the hottest shooting team in the tournament. They haven't lost – they've won all their games by over double digits.
0: Yeah, I mean, the fact that you can uh – beat a team by 16 points and only take seven free throws the entire game like like you said you you can't be mad if you're Kansas they were because they were contesting you know a good majority of those threes but they were just falling down for uh for Villanova they finished up 18 of 40 from three they I think they finished the first half 12 of 20 and uh so I mean they they just continue lighting it up like you said they didn't even have to drive to the basket they were just chucking it up it was it was a great Shooting performance all the way around. There wasn't, you know, uh, Pascal, he's been, he's kind of been, Eric Pascal, he's kind of been the uh, the showcase player for Villanova this tournament. And he, you know, scored, let's see, 24 points, four or five from three. But, you know, that was, that was their top score. And everyone kind of had, it was all hands on deck type, uh, type of night for Villanova. And Kansas just didn't have any answers for him.
1: And they have the player of the year, Brogdon, right? Yeah. Or no, Brunson. Brunson, Brunson,
0: Brunson. Brunson yeah. Okay.
1: I watched probably more college basketball this year than I have lately, which isn't really a lot. And I knew the big names like Aiton, Bagley, uh, Carter, those guys. Miles Bridges. My- Bridges, Jaron Jackson, yeah. uh, those type yeah, of guys. Yeah, I had, And I watched Villanova in the tournament. I had no idea Brunson, when he was named player of the year, was even in contention, right. let alone when he won it. I was like, who is this guy on Villanova? Never even heard a word. And I bet there are a lot of people the same way. And to me, that is fascinating that a guy that, look, I, I would, I'm a hardcore sports fan, not really a hardcore college basketball fan, but I'll watch a little bit of it. And I didn't even know the guy that was a player of the year. How was this guy not mentioned? Maybe he wasn't. I just wasn't watching the right thing. Is it because Villanova plays on FS1
0: and not ESPN, so they right. never mention him? And they just pound you to death with Trey Young? Is that re- the reason why? I mean, very well could be. I'm, big, I'm a big ESPN guy. I don't really... Flip on Fox Sports a whole lot. I'll watch Colin Cowherd. I know you have your own. uh, Oh, no.
1: What's up? Oh, my God. Notre Dame at the buzzer. Fade away side three, and they win the national title. Wow.
0: Oh, no. Wow. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Oh, no. You got to be kidding me. Was it the same chick that hit the
1: game winner? Yes. Wow. And they missed it. Have yourself a weekend. They missed it at the... So there was a scramble going on at midcourt with the ball. A legend foul happened at timeout. Just whatever. That's when I was stumbling earlier. <laughs> oh no! You gotta be
0: kidding me! Unbelievable! Can I... oh, what was her name? A boom something? Yes, yeah. a boom away. A boom away. Yeah. Props to her, man. Two game winners. Or no, a her... uh, wale. A boom-a-wale. Oh, you gotta be kidding! I'm sorry. <laughs> Total
1: stop down to the show. Oh, she was. It's the inbound on the uh, right in front of the scoring table yeah. where they advance the ball. Uh-huh. She's got a good defense, and I mean, just rainbows it up. And it is in
0: with the three at the buzzer. Well, so, what's the final? Were they tied? 61
1: oh, 58. Tie. That was the tie. And depth. Mississippi State had a chance to win it. Notre Dame had a chance to win it. Before that, a foul uh-huh. like tennis match at the. Center half, and there was three seconds left. Oh, you gotta be kidding me!
0: Unbelievable! Wow, hey man, props to her. She, like I said, she's uh, she's got had quite the weekend on her hands. So uh, I don't even I don't remember what I'll say before that happened. I don't know, but as someone who spent their first year of
1: college at Mississippi State, this is a harp. This is a tough one. I mean, come on, you had the one last year against
0: UConn. I think, uh, but you're... then you
1: didn't win the national title. I was talking to all my Mississippi State friends, and we were all like, we didn't know if they were going to win. There's a much better chance this year, though, because when you have the thing of beating UConn.
0: Right, you have that chip on your shoulder.
1: No, it's just you're emotionally drained. Oh, Oh, I see. And so Mississippi State had the emotional drain of thrill of beating UConn, and then you got to re-come up on that high to get charged up for the – it is a national championship game, but a lot of effort took into that. Then you're up like 12 points at the half. Oh, and they get there's point one seconds left on the clock. <laughs> unbelievable! They're putting
0: point one on the clock. That's just oh, that that's uh, that's just like rubbing it in the face. Just that is the game. rubbing in the face. Just let the game end because you need point four to shoot, right? Or is that only an NBA rule? No, uh, I think that's only
1: an NBA. But there's okay. no way. Yeah. And I mean, look, it legit goes through the thing at point one. This what this brought rain. <laughs> I mean, when you see the replay, ultimate rainbow, un- oh my god, unbelievable! All right, yeah, so. I actually wanted to touch on the women's Final Four before after the men's Final Four until I just threw down the whole show with yeah, that. Yeah, just took this
0: show right off the rails. Apologies. <laughs> no worries. I, good radio. Yeah, right. Uh,
1: but, all right, so we'll touch on um, – let's just finish up the women's Final Four. So Notre Dame won. Obviously, these two women's Final Four games, the Mississippi State game against Louisville on Friday night and then Notre Dame against got great – not. The Mississippi State-Louisville game was kind of a struggle to watch. Mm-hmm. Fouls, a lot of missed shots, low-scoring game, but very exciting. The Notre Dame-UConn game was a great basketball game, and I like what the women did playing uh, Friday-Sunday instead of Saturday-Monday. Instead, instead of playing Sunday-Tuesday, yeah. now you got this whole, you got this whole day for you,
0: and man. This championship game was great. Yeah, hey, I watched the. I I tuned into the last two, maybe four minutes of the UConn, uh, Notre Dame game on on Saturday or on Friday, and it just happened to be you know, fiance and I hanging out at the apartment. I flipped it on because I saw that it was close, and so we ended up watching the last four minutes or so. And like I said, it ended up being pretty exciting. That's probably the. Only nine minutes of women's college basketball I've watched all year, just because I mean I really don't have a dog in the race. I don't, you know, it's not something that is gonna is gonna attract my attention. But that was great. UConn was down I think five points with, with like fourteen seconds 14 left, 14 seconds and they left. tie and it. And they tie it, yeah. And then uh, Notre Dame, Notre Dame was playing really good defense in overtime at the, the very very first few minutes, and then finally uh, UConn starts hitting some shots. I'll tell you what, that Kia Nurse for UConn, that girl has. Ice cold water running through her veins. The expression on her face never changes. She got called for a couple iffy fouls there at the end that uh, I, you know, were very questionable. But props to her. I mean, she is a baller. She's a four-year senior. It's only I think they've lost her, and there was one other girl. They lost three games in the whole four years they were there. Unfortunately, two of them were in the tournament. But yes, uh,
1: but and like, UConn has never won a tournament game in overtime. Oh wow, they're zero and eight now. So, Gino, on the Gino, hot seat. On the heat. <laughs> oh, take the words right out of my mouth. Take it
0: right out of my mouth.
1: Oh, yeah. All right. It's over. They did the one second. Oh, God. Unbelievable. All right. We'll take a break here on the short thing. and Try when will regroup? We, we come back. <coughs> excuse me. Yeah. We'll regroup um, and uh, we'll come back and talk uh, the other half of the Final Four and then a preview for the National Championship game. All right, back here on Talk Radio 1190. Another quick break, kind of going to be like that the entire show here. Um, we got interrupted, or I got distracted by the end of the Women's National Championship game, Notre Dame versus Mississippi State. The Irish, an absolute heartbreak or er, heartbreaking loss if you're Mississippi State, three at the buzzer. That was like, if you're looking at it from the side. Camera was up past the shot clock, the shot clock. So brought rain, unreal finish to the women's final, uh, to the women's national championship game, and oh, uh, Ogu- same girl that hit the buzzer beater against UConn. So wow, what a two-day, three-day stretch for her. All right, shifting over to the men, we can only hope the game will be as good tomorrow night. Early line, Villanova by seven. That is because Michigan took out. The story of the tournament and Sister Jean, and I got a hot take on Sister Jean, fake Loyola fan uh, I can't you can leave early. You stayed till the end of the game when they had the when they were winning yeah in Dallas at the buzzer, both games in Dallas at the buzzer, and then in the regional tournaments you stayed till the end, and now you're down six or seven late and you leave.
0: Fraud. Fairweather fan. Fraud. Only there for the good times, not there for the bad times.
1: I mean, come on, Sister Gene. You got to stay. You got to stay till the end. Everyone stays till the end of that game. Loyal. It's to give the clap. What a season. This is great. We never thought we'd make it to the final more. Nope. You're gone. and then you're I'm getting, out. Uh, let me get propped up by the media. And then we got our uh, nice media seats. Or I'll get interviewed with the media by Sister Jean. Total fraud after that display last night. <laughs> Unbelievable. But so Loyola first game they lost all year when they were trailing at, or when they were leading at the half they were up eight points uh, at halftime and they were up what four points with five minutes
0: yeah right there to the go yeah. uh,
1: this is right when we were finishing up our round yesterday so I really didn't get to see any of this uh, any of this game but I checked the phone once Loyola was up four with like five minutes to go next thing you know.
0: Michigan's up six. Yeah, Michigan started. Yeah, Michigan kind of took the. Hit. I was, I was, I was the same way. I was actually uh, had to take engagement pictures yesterday after a long day on the baseball turn on the baseball field for a tournament. So I didn't, I didn't get to see any of the Loyola Michigan game. I was locked in for the full forty and the Villanova game. But uh, yeah, checking the phone. Just Michigan started lighting it up. I mean, they outscored uh, Loyola by almost twenty points in the second half. Just started pouring it on. Uh, but you know from 3 again neither team could really shoot could hit from 3 we kind of touched on that earlier when we talked about the Villanova game one of 10 from uh from Loyola 7 of 28 from Michigan both teams shot right around 43 for the entire 43% for the entire game but i don't know what it was with Michigan uh Loyola Chicago just kind of fell off defensively but they just kind of they took this I game they by they the one. i think got months. a little tight i mean you had you have to when you when you're the cinderella of this tournament and you come up against the big boys we kind of talked about this last week when you get later in the tournament things kind of start playing out the way they should you know what i mean yeah Loyola is a great story the fact that they got to the final four hey man tip your hat to them you have this something you know have something to uh to uh, hang your hat on for the rest of your career no matter where it goes but it just you know so usually when when it gets down to this time the big dogs are gonna be the ones that are gonna eat and in this case that was michigan and boy did they eat you know a lot <laughs>
1: yeah but i thought loyola that was They've played a lot of big-time programs before, leading up to this whole run, and they showed that
0: they were a quality. They weren't doing it with smoke and mirrors. They had a quality offense, and they had a really quality team. Yeah, they they played, uh, you know, obviously I was there for the Tennessee game. They played really good defense against uh, Tennessee. And their, their zone, it was kind of a strange zone defense that they played. It wasn't a full 2-3. Uh, it was kind of a box-one variation um, that guys just could not, you couldn't dribble drive. You know, a lot of Tennessee just could not work the ball in. And, you know, if you got hot from three, you could kind of have a chance against Loyola. But the fact that they weren't hitting any shots really did them in.
1: Yeah, it did. All right, so tomorrow night's game, what are your uh, – f- What are your thoughts on that? Villanova, I saw someone say this is, it's the. Best team in the country versus the hottest team in the country, and that's I would I would tend to agree with that.
0: Yeah, especially the way Michigan ended the Big Ten tournament. I mean, and for sure, the, you know, a tw- full what was it, ten or twelve days before the uh, actual tournament started. So, I got to agree there about Michigan being one of the hotter teams. But shoot, I mean, after Villanova, the way Villanova has been playing, like I said, they beat every team by double digits. You can't knock them; they they're pretty hot too. But I see Villanova taking this, uh, and I think they they probably cover the the six and a half to seven point uh, uh, spread.
1: Yeah, I tend to agree. That's just a lot of points, though, in a national championship. But they've blown out everybody, and they right. just – I can't see them – first of all, a bunch of guys have uh, been on the – they've got experience. Jay Wright, this is not his first uh, go-around in the national championship. Same thing with Beeline. He's been there before. They were here in Dallas 2013 against um, against uh, North, L- L- Louisville. Yeah. That's now – nobody won the national championship <laughs> that year. But I I don't. Villanova's so deep. Like Spellman, like we said earlier, pa, uh, Pascal. Wait, no, no. Villanova beat North Carolina
0: in the national championship. No, but I'm saying Michigan lost to Louisville. Oh, Michigan. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I've totally misunderstood. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Oh, um, the, uh, like Br-
1: Brunson. They got, they're Hardaway. so deep. Yeah. I just don't know how. I think it's hard if Michigan can beat them. Like, I think Michigan might cover the points, like you said. Or did you think Villanova's no, going to cover No, I think Villanova's going to cover it. I think Michigan's going to keep it close. And we might get into a foul, con- a foul shooting contest at the end that makes it go over the spread or under the spread. But, I mean, I just think it's really going to be hard for Michigan to win. I mean, look, anything's, any, the cliche of anything can happen. Yeah, obviously, it's one game that could happen. But Villanova, like we've been talking about leading up to the tournament and then all, all tournament long, they were the most consistent team, as Hunter Carpenter said when he was on our show, the guest we had a couple of weeks ago. But they've also, I think, been the best, and they've shown in the tournament that they've been the best team.
0: Yeah, for sure. And then. It- I I always bring up the three-point shooting sets just because that's where the game is going. I mean, that's you know, that's obviously that's just kind of changed. It's you know, move the ball up and down the court. It's no no longer you know dunk it in or dump it into a to a big guy and let him go to work. But Villanova, I mean, obviously we saw what they did just last night with their three-point shooting. They're eleventh in three-point percentage in the nation uh, in the regular season. Michigan was a hundred and fifth. So that's a huge discrepancy there. Um, so I was trying to find the numbers for the for the tournament. I can't pull them up right now, but I mean, you got to assume that that was right around the. You know, it, it's got to be you know, uh, mirror images of that, or, or you know, reflect that in the tournaments from what we saw in the regular season. Villanova first in points scored and points per game. Uh, Michigan fourteenth and one hundred and sixty seventh respectively. There, so you you know. I just there's I just don't see, unless something extravagant happens and Michigan just starts all of a sudden lighting it up uh, shooting-wise, I think Villanova, again, is going to take it and probably going to cover the seven just because they play really good defense as well. Um, it's just a matter of them hitting their shots.
1: All right, so another stat for this that you're going to want to keep, no, you're going to want to keep this in handy for next year. No team uh, has won, this guy says, in recent memory, and he says goes back to at least 2002, no team, and the Ken Palm data, with the defensive efficiency worse than 37, that was Duke in 2015, has won a national title. So Michigan is fifth in that court category, and Villanova is 22 in that category. And Kansas was way below that, and uh, Loyola way below the 37. So those two are the favorites going into the final four games, and now they are in the championship game. So that's the defensive efi- efficiency. Kansas was 46. Uh, on that number. So if you want to just go on that, you think Michigan's going to win just based on the defensive efficiency. Right. But this one, they kind of just the, – the guy who I mentioned earlier, Cleve T.A., he hasn't really given his thoughts on this game, but I think he's going to lean of Villanova to win. But that's just another thing. of The defensive efficiency is an interesting thing that you've just got to be a top 30. And in college basketball, you're in the, there's 337 teams. So tons of teams. So you've got to be in that top percent of um, – of, of a defensive team to win
0: well yeah yeah michigan is second in the country in turnovers uh, villanova's not far behind at 14th and they're both sitting right at third in assist turnover ratio so again both teams obviously play defense pretty well and you know but kind of what you what you're going off of you know the defensive efficiency there for michigan is obviously a little bit better for villanova but again they, they may you may stay hot but i mean we saw what happened loyal just just yesterday doesn't matter how hot you are if you run into a good team
1: for sure and if Villanova wins tomorrow night, that's two and three years. Yeah, Jay Wright really changed the narrative on his uh, can't win the big one or can't do this, can't do that. I mean, you win two and three years, solid. And oh, yeah. Philly keeps on rolling.
0: Oh, gosh, that's Philly so, that's keeps not on rolling. It's not uh, getting if, really if, more props than they, need, than they have right <laughs> now. <laughs> so, look, yeah, no, I know.
1: You're I know. you're, you're uh, one of the colleges in the town that's got playing for a national title if the Eagles win the Super Bowl. So. I mean the town just keeps on rolling. So that game tomorrow night. I won't be bu-
0: convinced about Philly until Temple wins a national championship. <laughs> yeah, in football.
1: <laughs> yeah. Or they make a Power Six bowl game. Uh, and I, I don't. The Phillies lost two out of three though. They got some issues with some with Gabe Kapp with that we might get into uh, in the next segment with baseball. But that game is tomorrow night at 8:30 yep. is tip time. Late. It's always late, but uh, should be a good one. And you got two power fives, like we all like we've been saying. You want powerhouses playing at the end, like we said, hottest team versus the best team. All right. So uh like we just said, we talked the women's championship, and they're still celebrating on the floor, Notre Dame. They hit a buzzer beater against Mississippi State that really put the show off the rails in the first <laughs> segment. And all right, so Major League Opening day, We're going, we could go commercial free if we want. It doesn't look like we have any spots I'm looking at. it. So we can go commercial Might free. Might as well. Let's give the people what they want. Yeah, they want, go they want commercial more. free for the last half hour here. So Major League Baseball season started on Thursday, and the Rangers lost the series against the Astros. They won uh, on Friday night, lost yesterday, lost today, lost the opening day. The season for the Rangers, I would say, did not go well. It went a little better than the Cubs or than the Marlins start to the season, only that the first pitch the Marlins threw the first pitch of the whole season went right back out of the stadium, almost upper tank job by Ian H- Ian Happ. But for the Rangers, did you see this, Ryan? So, you know, the opening day festivities, all the pageantry yeah. lineups, this and mm-hmm. that, national. So they had a flyover mm-hmm. plan. And you know, the flyovers are usually timed up with the national anthem, all this. Well, this one was not timed. They mistimed it. Mm. And it wasn't like a 30 seconds here, 30 seconds there, five minutes late. The flyover <laughs> flies over during the moment of silence for military <laughs> and all the, all the other things that the Rangers have moments of. Maybe if people were, uh, uh, some people in the organization lost their lives over right. uh, the offseason. Yeah, so the flyover happens. Right as the moment of silence goes on, that's brutal, brutal. And then, third pitch into the season, Springer, Oppo, fifth row, gone. Hamels, Rangers down one, nothing.
0: Yeah, it was a tough start, like you said. But uh, bright spot is, like you said, it was only the third pitch, not the first. It was hilarious. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of people saw this. Uh, Springer's going up to bat. You know, he's he's giving his you know props to everybody, saying when something looks at Train, puts the bat out like he's going to bunt. And I, I, they didn't show Beltray's uh, reaction, but he, you know, Springer said he's going to bunt. Then he shrugs and rubs his belly, like, "Hey, I'm going to bunt. You're a little, you know, you're looking a little chunky down there, bro." I thought that was hilarious. You know, it's always fun to see the guys just having a good time between the lines with each other. And then when the first pitch comes, hey, it's it's game on. But uh, yeah, rough rough started it for uh, for the Rangers. Uh, I'm sure we'll get into the whole four man shift here with uh, Joey Gallo. Yeah. I mean, but well, hold on, I want to. No, no, yeah, before we get into that, yeah. go, go for it. Well, I
1: want to circle back to the final four. Forgot this. It was in our open. Jim Nance. Uh, <laughs> How? We played it in the open. He, what Jim Nance goes and says, meme. Okay, so Moritz Wagner goes diving into the broadcast booth on the side of the floor. He's going for a loose ball. Breaks Bill Raftery's glasses. I got a picture. Grant Hill's got this weird face. So they're showing it. It's really funny. It's a really funny thing. Jim Nance goes, oh, trying to be funny, Mr. Hip Jim Nance, I am. Goes Grant Grant Hill's gonna be a new meme. How does meme has that word meme has been around for a
0: while? Yeah,
1: what four years?
0: Oh maybe no, more than that. More than that for sure. Okay, yeah.
1: it's been around for a long time. And Jim Nance's kids our age, right? How does how does he not know that that was meme, and instead? He made a meme out of himself trying to say meme, <laughs> right. but he said meme-y.
0: It was memeception. Preposterous. It was hilarious. As soon as that happened, I texted you. I said, "Oh man, we got to get that in the yes. opener." And you fired right back. Said, "Don't worry, it's <laughs> yeah. going to be in there." I will give Jim a little bit of a break there because Bryce Harper had a, a he did the same yeah, thing. He did the thing on Scott Van Pelt. He called it a may may. He did, which that's kind of worse. You yes, know, but that was a meme. couple
1: years ago. I'll give Bryce a little bit of a because it was
0: kind of a newer thing. Yes,
1: yes. Okay. It's yeah, like the gift gif thing.
0: Yeah, I still, I still don't. I called it a gift. But I—that's so you know, still one of the longest going uh, arguments. But uh, back to the Rangers. Yes. Uh, one of the. Bright- I just
1: wanted to mention that because if people <laughs> didn't know, understand that was Jim Nance, and he will be talking very quietly this next week on CBS. A tradition like none other. And we'll get to our tradition like any other breakdown coming up.
0: Uh, but a bright spot for the for the Rangers so far this weekend has been Elvis Andrews. You know, he's off to a yep. pretty good start. Went 7 of 13, two doubles, a bomb, couple RBIs. So, I mean, if he can, obviously three games in way too soon, but, you know, if he can kind of be the guy that they're looking for especially since Delano DeShields is going to be out about four to six weeks now with an injury uh that's that's brutal because we talked a couple weeks ago how they were going to have him as the leadoff guy which I really liked because he was a speed guy that put pressure on the runners um or excuse me pressure on the on the pitchers once he got on base but Elvis Andrews you know probably the lone bright spot since who's Chu starts off he's going four of 11 but Ru nano man rugi those the the struggles continue one of 12 he did have an RBI but still you know it it's going to be a long season for the Rangers if they can't get the offense going. And mainly
1: Odor. Yeah. Like you're expecting, like Gallo hit a bomb yesterday, or mm. he hit one today. You'll expect that. He'll have his strikeouts here and there. You're, you're, he's not batting 300. Yeah, Gallo. He's batting 250 right now. That's fine. He went two for four today. I kind of like him in the second spot. I think it's an interesting, like we talked about, a lot of teams are putting the power hitter in the two spot. Uh, we'll see how that goes, what happens. But I like Gallo there but Odor's been like 7th and 8th like way down in the order. He was a four hitter, he was a five hitter last year. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, the thing is though I will say this so far he has walked um he's got a couple he's got two walks so far. He only had last year he had 32 walks up from 19 the year before. Odor's been in the major league since 2014 that and he played 114 games. Mm-hmm. He has yet to have 100 career walks. Wow. He's got 93 right now. Guys do that in seasons. Oh,
0: yeah, for sure.
1: I know. But so Odor definitely needs to pick it up, like we said. Going to the pitching, so I think Hamels is going to be – Hamels fine, whatever. Three runs, five and two-thirds, okay, you can live with that because your offense should be able to put up enough runs. The one I'm worried about – Fister, I think he's either going to be really good or it's going to turn into human human or it's going to be 5 p.m. pitching, mm-hmm. whenever he is. I think he turned the corner though with the Red Sox, but what he did on Friday night—if you get that every time from Doug Fister, even 80 percent of the time—and you deal with his nine runs in four innings, the other ten, you'll live with it. But Matt Moore, not great, not a great first outing coming up, what was kind of a struggle. In spring training yesterday, only pitches four innings. He's up four runs, seven hits. Good thing was he didn't walk anyone. Only gave him one home run. Six strikeouts, not terrible. And I know it's only one start, but going back to what he was doing in the spring, he didn't really change anything. And, like, someone who pitched bad in the spring, Otani, Shohan Otani today, pitched lights out. We can get to him a little bit later. But Matt Moore, right now, if a couple more starts
0: pile up like this i'd be concerned absolutely yeah if he piles up even more starts like this excuse me uh he could find himself either in the bullpen or just looking for a job altogether the one thing like you said cole hamels he'll figure it out the one thing that jumps out is the four walks control issues a little bit there Uh, i know he's a guy that likes to nibble a little bit but still when you're you know four walks and five and two-thirds that's rough and then going to the bullpen matt bush also giving up four walks and two innings pitch uh you know Kind of struggled. He's gonna get his strikeouts. He's gonna, you know, try to blow that fastball by guys. But uh, you're know, pitching like I, I totally agree with what you said about Fister. If you can get a start like that out of him, uh, you know, every every couple starts or you know four to five starts, whatever it may be, you're cooking. You know, you're looking good. And if Cole Hamels can figure it out, and then you know, who knows about Mike Miner? He, he's still kind of a question. And uh, you know, if they're still planning on bringing back uh, big sexy and Bartolo tomorrow night. Is it, in is, Oakland. He, is it official? Yeah, is I was going to okay. say, I looked at it, I saw on like Thursday he was going to go, he was pitching, I was
1: really hoping the game was going to be here because I was going to hit you up and say we need to see the big man throw, but it's in Oakland and we are, we ain't going to Oakland to see the big man throw. Yeah, the show doesn't have a budget for that. So. No, it does not. <laughs> the show does not have a budget for that. But the, I'm Mike Miner, we talked about him, he's been a bullpen guy right. the last couple of years. Last year he was in Kansas City, a good bullpen guy. And now they're trying to stretch him out. And I heard some people talking about this. I think Miner's gonna end up finding himself back in the bull, find
0: himself back in the bullpen. I would, I would I, tend to agree sooner or later. Yeah,
1: yeah. And like today, four and two thirds. You only give up two runs. That's a fine for Mike Miner trying to stretch yourself out to start. That's a fine outing, definitely against the Astros too. That high powered offense. The problem today, Claudio gave up three runs, very un- uncharacteristic for him because he's one of the steady hands in the bullpen, and also uh, Chris Martin. He gave up a couple of runs too. He's pitching three games. Right now he's got an ERA a seven point seven one. I know that's not really you don't want to really look at ERA for a reliever, but I mean he's already in two innings. Two and a thirty. He's given up two runs. Okay, not terrible, but uh I just a little worried about minor and then whatever happens with Cologne. They have Martin Perez coming back. So that should be fine. That might take away one spot in the rotation. But if they want to go six man rotation, one of they, they got to keep Cologne. Right. So I I don't know. Like we said, the pitching is not very good after Cole Hamels, and Cole Hamels is pretty old.
0: Yeah, he's on the and, downside of his career. For
1: yeah, sure. he's on the down. Like he's still got something left, but he's not a young Cole Hamels that he was when with the Phillies. He's probably not even who he was two years ago with the Rangers when they won the AL West and had the best record in the league.
0: Yeah, I think right now Cole Hamels would be a great number two pitcher Agreed. to have in, in in your rotation. The fact that he's going to be the ace here that's that just begins the questions for the for the rotation. Like you said, the uh, you know, guys like Mike Minor, if you can have him go five or six innings and then you can hand it to the bullpen and hopefully Claudio, you know, this isn't this is just a little blip there and you know, Kayona Kella and some of these other Jake Diekman, he's only pitched a third of an inning so far, uh this inning or excuse me, this uh, year. yeah. I think Diekman's a key. I think so too. But you know, he is coming off of an injury, I believe, so maybe they're just kinda slowly working him back in there. But the 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 Rangers have a strong enough bullpen that if you can get four five, six innings out of a solid innings out of your out of your starters, out of you know you know the guys after Cole Hamels, you could be looking good, but then again it goes back to the offense. Can you score enough runs to keep up with other teams I, if something happens to go off the rails?
1: I will say they definitely have the – if there was one thing going into the season I felt comfortable about, it was the offense.
0: Really? Yes,
1: w- over the pitching for sure. See, I it, think the offense Oh, is, yeah,
0: over the, over the starting pitching.
1: Yeah, and I, yes, uh, for sure. And I just think the offense is more – way more equipped to deal with – Coming back from Leeds with Beltre, Gallo, Mazzara. Mazzara drove in over 100, had 100 RBIs
0: last year. Yeah, I really like Mazzara. I, I like think. him
1: too. And Trout and Harper there, and Machado and all these guys at 21 and 22 having such young success and like being MVP candidates has really messed things up for guys like Mazzara who come along and are maturing as a Major League Baseball player. And look, he drove in some runs, didn't have a great average, but he drove in 100 guys. Still, the point of baseball is still trying to drive in guys and score runs. That's why I'm ia big analytics guy, advanced stats, but people kicking RBIs aside, I still want to see my guys drive in and run. Like, that's the point. Um, yeah, you can't win games if you
0: don't score runs. For
1: sure. So, I just definitely feel more comfortable about the offense minus Ruggie. Like, is still going to do his thing. Torinos, if he gets that hot streak, keeps up what he was doing. I don't think he's going to hit as many home runs as he did last year. And Chu, he'll be good for 270 and what, what he does. I just felt more comfortable about the offense and the whole, even the starting pitching for sure. And if you get a guy, a starting pitcher into the sixth inning every night, it's a success. Yeah. If it's Hamels, he could go seven or eight, perfect. Into the seventh, maybe in the eighth, great. But the other guys, and I might even throw Perez into the category of Hamels because he's, he, Look better at the end of the year, and he's one of your guys you're you're relying on. He's going to be your number two probably, but like Fister, Moore, Miner, those guys get you into the sixth
0: inning. You're that's like, yeah. that's great. That's what, that's I think that's a need. good start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And uh, you know, we I don't know if you if now you just want to bring up the, the whole Gallo thing. Um, yeah, the shift. Yeah, the shift. We saw him against uh, the Astros. The Astros go ahead and move uh, Alec Bregman into the into left field. And go with a four man shift there. Uh, it's kind of a weird transition, but we, we definitely wanted to bring it up. You know, we've seen, you know, them, we've seen uh, the shift blow up over the last 10, 15 years where they'll shift guys all the way over to the right side of the field when there's a lefty up that, you know, is just a, a straight pull hitter. Uh, obviously, we've seen the five man infield in crunch time when they're trying to get an out at home. I've never seen the four man outfield. No, it's the first time they they've ever They done went it. full slow pitch softball, beer league softball on here, and it worked. It did. This is what baffles me. We've seen guys when David Ortiz, they they he used to have a hard shift to the right side. They'd bring literally everybody over. And so, what did he do a couple times? He laid down a bunt. Yeah. How do you not do that if you're Gallo? No, I don't care who you are. I don't care what you can do with a ball when it's thrown at you. How far you can hit it. How hard the exit velocity is. What the trajectory is. I don't care. Get on base. Be a productive person in the lineup. Lay down a bunt. There's nobody on that left side, and leg out a single. Get the you know get on. That's all you need to do. Again, advanced analytics. I don't care what your chances are of hitting a bomb. What you're going to do if you're hitting a pop up, you're not doing anything for your team. You're not hitting. You're not contributing to the, the win, whatever the game it may be. Lay down a friggin' bunt down the third baseline. I know it's probably not something he practices a whole lot, but you're a major no, league baseball player. No, I think he player.
1: practices because he
0: knows it's just coming. But okay, so then, so then, why not? Why not lay down the bunt? He flew out to left field, so so I, they weren't even pitching him. I was gonna say to to pull it credit at
1: least to him. He tried to go the other way. He did go the other way and flew out to left field twice. The shift just worked. Look, if it's two strikes, I don't want you bun. I oh, want no, you to sleep for the agreed. fence. Yeah, agreed. I don't want go for the home run. If there is even if it's a solo, give me the solo home run. Get the run across the board. I don't. I don't really need. Uh you laying down a bunt there, even though it could disrupt the inning whatever go go for the home run, but if it's the start of the inning, one out, you just gotta slap it Jay Bruce, they did this in spring training. he was able to go the other way, so I wonder if other teams other than the Rangers are gonna or other than the Astros are gonna do the four man outfield on. Uh, Gallo. I don't think they have the courage to do it. I think the only team that had the courage to do it is Gabe Kapler with the Phillies, because he's trying every single thing out there. Who knows what he's? We don't have enough. We're going. We got. We got no commercials coming up. We don't have enough time to cover what was going on with Gabe Kapler and what he's been doing as Phillies manager. But uh, I'm just curious what happens and if Gallo tr- goes the other way and does that. Like, I feel like the guy truly is trying. But maybe it's such a mental thing. They're just free. They're just freezing them out. Yeah, I mean, what
0: kind of like a yips type of thing or what?
1: Yeah, kind of like a yips thing. I guess it's like the foul shooting. You know, you got It's like the hackashack thing. Mm-hmm. You just you you go to the line. You practice them. You make them in practice.
0: But when it gets down you to go, it, because yeah.
1: like you watch batting practice, those guys go opposite field. They start off with first of all. Bunting a little bit. Right. And then they go opposite field and they work their way into their swing. Like those, all those, these guys are professional hitters. You're going to tell Gallo
0: knows he could go opposite field. I just think when he gets between the lines like real baseball out there it's hard for him to go opposite field. No, yeah, I agree. I mean um I've always heard numerous stories about how one of the best batting practice hitters as far as home runs goes is Ichiro. Ichiro I've heard that too, yeah. yeah. But I mean he gets up there and he's just getting he Jesus gets hits. He just gets hits, but when he's in the when he's you know in the cage or whatever on the field before he's just dropping bombs left and right. So I don't know, you know, Obviously that that's a different situation Ichiro versus Gallo, but still get 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 me a base runner, man. Get me a base runner. Agreed. I I, I agree with the agree. base runner too. Don't do it with two strikes. Do not do it with two strikes. I say with two outs too. Yeah, with two. I mean, not even with two outs. No, because, I want you going for the deep. I want you going deep with two outs. But I mean, it that see that one's a tough with two outs. You know, get me get me a guy on. Let the guys, buy, especially if you're the okay. Two-hitter. If there's a runner if on third, the, first of all, they're not going to be putting a. Putting no, four but no, out we're, ta- we're talking base is empty. Yeah, I two outs. No, get get nope. on base. You're the two hitter. You're gonna have three, four, five behind you. So then Beltre
1: grounds out, and then you're starting over it with Mazzara leading off the inning. Just start off. I'd rather have Beltre okay, so then, start off so an, then, an inning.
0: So you'd rather? Oh, I mean, that that see that's the difference between having your three hitter uh, lead off and your four hitter lineup, or excuse me, lead off. Isn't that huge of a deal? I uh, think. well, I think
1: the difference between Beltray as a hitter and Mazzara as a hitter is pretty substantial. Okay, I mean I can agree there, but still I'm just get me the base runner, man. Okay, no, I understand that. But with two outs, if he strikes out, if he get makes an out, whatever. I will trade the third out of the inning for the home run, for the swing and for the fence. All right. All right. We'll move on to Shohan Otani a little bit before we get into our masters uh, discussion. Otani had a terrible spring. I mean awful spring. People were wondering if he was gonna get sent down. To the minor leagues. Well, that didn't happen. He got a hit in his first ever at bat in the major leagues, went one for five on opening day. Well, he made his mound, his debut on the mound. And guess what? He actually pitched pretty well. Yeah. Yes, it was against the Oakland A's, but he won six innings, allowed three runs, only gave up three hits, walked one, struck out six, and gave up one home run. Yeah, he's in a pitcher's park in uh, Oakland, but guess what? First time against major league pitching, he gets the win. Pretty good debut. For Shohan Otani and definitely quieting the doubters that didn't think he could wouldn't be good.
0: Yeah, agreed. I think he retired fifteen of the first sixteen that he faced. So I mean the fact that you can run through the lineup uh the first couple times like that, you know, at least one one and a half times, is is great. Like you said, it is a a, a pitcher's ballpark in Oakland, but still, I mean major league hitting is far superior to J- what he's been facing in Japan and the fact that he had this success hey man hopefully he can get it rolling cuz it looks like it was going to be an absolute train wreck in spring for training sure. he couldn't get anybody out he couldn't hit you know like he's like I said he's he's still went 1 for 5 or 1 for 6 whatever it was uh that that'll come along with with some seasoning but as far as pitching goes I mean, you gotta tip your hat to the guy going six strong again. Three hits, three earned runs, one bomb, but six strikeouts is huge. That's that's awesome. That's a, you know a lot of these Japanese pitchers. You know you can go back to you obviously and uh, even Dice Matsuzaka. That's kind of what they rely on is is the For strikeout. Sure. Is the strikeout. If if you get one in the air from them, are is going to go out of the ballpark. So it's kind of uh, a feast or famine with a lot of the Japanese pitchers. You're either going to hit a bomb or you're going to strike out just because. I honestly don't know how. Why I I know they have a lot of their breaking pitches are just. Filthy. Ridiculous. Yes. They're throwing wiffle balls out there. For sure.
1: So that's a fascinating storyline we'll follow. Hopefully, he's, he's going to probably pitch here this year. So we'll have to try to make our way out there for that just to see the Japanese media following him, too. Like, that's another thing. They weren't sending the Japanese media down to the minor leagues. Right now, Derek Jeter looks like a genius because the Marlins are 2-2 two and two and the Yankees are 2-2. Two and two, So props to you, Derek Jeter. <laughs> Even though you pulled out the collusion with the Yankees, the son Stanton there, you have the same record. So maybe he is cut out to be a good owner at this point. I think we can stop the Printing the shirts on the presses for the Yankees after they lost the last two against the Blue Jays. Uh, <laughs> I'm just no giving comment. you hard time. Yeah, I
0: know. I that's know, what I it know.
1: is. <laughs> and look, I've been leading the charge of Jeter colluded with the Yankees. Yeah, that's even my fancy. I was name. about to say, yeah. And so, but hey, props to him right now. Probably not going to last. But look, you take two out of you split it with the Cubs after your first pitch ever as a major league owner was out to the out of the park. Not bad. All right. How so about some Indians? Huh?
0: How about the Indians?
1: They lost two out of three. It's opening <laughs> like we say, look, nothing. Yeah, bad. It's, all fun. Yeah, it's, it's April, all it's games. cold. Yeah. Uh whatever. Edwin hit two home runs, so I'd say he's had a better start than he was last year. Uh yeah. all right. So the Masters, as we mentioned, Jim Nance gonna be talking very quietly in Butler Cabin at Augusta National, down Magnolia Lane. He might take you down Race Creek through Amen Corner and right back up to sixteen and up the hill at eighteen this week. I think I. You guys know I'm a hardcore golf guy. Um, for me, this is one of the most anticipated Masters in a while. For you, what do you think? Would you agree with that?
0: Oh yeah, I agree.
1: I, I think that's the the sports world. The Masters is always a the most anticipated golf tournament every year. Some year it's that's the hype. This hype was set up three weeks ago, four weeks ago.
0: Yeah. And once we really saw Tiger start really playing his best golf, uh, that's when the hype for this started. Um, you're like you said, you're full blown all in uh, golf guy. I would, I would consider myself more like just the level above casual golf guy. Uh, but even so, this You're is not absolutely... locked
1: in on a Thursday watching the tournament, right? Yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm not saying
0: I'm locked in, but I'm watching the coverage. You're
1: keeping your eye on, yeah. Yes.
0: Saturday, Sunday is when I come in and start, you know, following a little bit closer. Sunday, definitely. But uh, yeah, yeah, like I said, I'm definitely. Uh, I would consider myself a step up from the casual golf person that just wants to see uh, Jordan Spieth or, or the top guys. But anyway, I, you know, the the field this this year is unreal. I mean, it's the, it's the smallest it's so field deep. on
1: tour every year. Right, but it's so deep. deep. It is. And I think the thing this year, all these guys are playing, are in good form. Right. Like they're playing. Justin Thomas won or didn't win, but was playing great at the match play. Bubba's won three times. Phil playing well had a good round bogey free 67 today spieth got fourth this week rory won at bay hill dj i think you'll always expect him if he doesn't fall down the steps at a <laughs> rental home in augusta georgia he'll be fine like we said tiger justin rose no matter what how his form is at the masters he's playing well he's always athlete. Yeah, Fowler is the one i'm a little shaky on he struggled this weekend at the shell but i mean jason day all these sergio's been playing great stenson's great the field of the all the top quality players are playing
0: so well it is setting up for like an all-time sunday yeah i agree like you said it the chances of the last pairing and the last couple groups playing are that the you know probably a good ma- the chant. Okay, hold on. Let me let me collect my thoughts here. I'm getting a little like excited. Like
1: Tiger, Phil, Jordan. You have those a good guys chance of being it, in the yeah, last have three good groups. Of, yes. ha- you
0: know, top ten players all being in that last group. There, you know, you always have kind of the underdog that might sneak in. I like. I really like uh, Bryson DeChambeau. He's he's yeah, playing good well. Yeah, and he had good success last year at Augusta. Yeah, exactly. So he might be one of those guys that maybe not. You know, to the casual golf fan, you're not super locked in or know a whole lot about him, but he might sneak in there. I'll uh, say two other guys for you that sneak in. Alex
1: Norin. He uh, was in the. Championship match or semifinals uh, of the match play, and he was lost in a playoff earlier this year. Mm-hmm. And Tommy Fleetwood, those are two Euro guys that have been playing really well lately that are there. But, I mean, the field, its I don't know if it's the best field in golf this year. It's definitely the smallest. It's the hardest tournament to get into. But, man, this is – everyone's playing so well. It's so exciting, and it's – I fear – i I can't be fearing of a letdown because there's just so many guys playing well like Kucher always plays well there It's just I mean I just feel like we're just being repetitive, but all these guys play so well there because they love the masters they love Augusta National it's the only major that's at the same course every year
0: It's like one of the it's like it's one of those tournaments that you get up for you know I mean we're talking for about sure. we're talking about earlier with the women's national championship uh You know, even if after you beat UConn you have to get up for the national championship. This you want to play your best golf. You want to have your best rounds, your best tournament, because Masters brings more eyes probably than most, if not any of the tournaments. It's right up
1: there with the Ryder Cup as most eyes on TV. That's definitely the
0: tournament that brings the most it's the highest rated tournament every year. Right. So that's what I'm saying. That you know, you're gonna try to captivate those those uh You know, kind of fair weather golf fans or guys that just watch it just to see the the big names, right? Yeah, yeah, the Brads (laughs) and the Chads chads and the Thads, all of them. So you you get up for this. You want to play your best golf and, like you said, we there's a great chance that we see one of the big names, one of the you know the household names, the favorites win it. But there's also a good chance for a couple of these other guys that are up and comers to kind of sneak in there and and take the reins. Uh, you know, kind of like Jordan Spieth has in this tournament. Well, he's had four tournament, he's got top four every time. Yeah, it's that's unreal. I mean. so, he's been uh, in the final group
1: three of the four times he's played in the Masters. Right. Yeah. And he's had some. He's won once, but he's also had some. A couple meltdowns. Yeah. Big. Big time meltdown. Yeah. So, I think the putter for Spieth is still the question. He did put it pull it together uh, here in Houston, but man, I think that he the putter is gonna. Who knows? He puts well in those greens, but who knows what happens with him? Tiger. I'm fascinated how he comes off this two week layoff. Should be fine, but the hype around him is just I mean, he's he's borderline, he's one of the betting favorites. Yeah. And
0: it's But see, not I think just, that's one of those things that they have to make him the favorite because well, if he happens to win, Vegas is gonna absolutely So lose here are the it. Westgate odds.
1: Four guys are sitting at ten to one. It's Justin Thomas, Spieth, Rory, and DJ. Tigers at 12 to 1. They had him down to like 25 to 1, 20 to 1 before he started playing really well. They just had to move him up to that because Vegas would lose so much money. Yeah, exactly. So that's why he's up there, but he's also playing very well. So he's up there. One of the guys I like, couple of my couple of my sleepers, Paul Casey, last 3 years, he's finished top 5. He's won this year. He's a guaranteed top 5 at Augusta. So he's a he's a 25 to 1 to win. I like Justin Rose at fourteen to one to win. Stenson at thirty to one to win. I like that. And I said, Norton and Kuchar, you really want to go low? They said Tony Finau is eighty to one. I don't really have Poulter. Ian Poulter, hottest golfer on tour right now. Won this week because he had to get in the. The only way he got in the Masters if he won. Shot one over his first round. Ended up finishing the tournament at nineteen under. So he played the last three rounds in twenty under par, and won the Houston Open to get in it. He's at sixty to one. Did that? Go, did that go to a playoff? Or it he, did go to yeah. a playoff with Bo Hostler. And Bo Hoster's caddy, Jordan Guilford, friend of the show, <laughs> potentially coming on the show next week. All right. Cooking. So uh, we'll find out what it's like to be a tour caddy. And he thought he was going to get a nice – he thought he was going to be sitting in the vict- winner's circle. Poulter made like a 30-footer on the last hole to send it into a playoff. Um, but he ended up winning that. But, I mean, so excited, like we said. I To me, Justin Thomas is one, I think, Nine out of the last, like, 34 times he's played? Yeah. To me, I think he's he's the favorite. He's the favorite to me. But I think we're going to get – I think Rory's going to get the Grand Slam. I think Rory's been sleeping in the weeds a little bit. He won at Bay Hill, all right. I think he's going to win and get the Grand Slam. I don't think he does it this week. I'm hoping Tiger wins, though. I will say I want Tiger to win because that would be one of the most amazing things. If Tiger winning the Masters, fifth event back from back – From back fusion surgery, I'm headed to the doctor Tuesday to get me a fusion (laughs) to get ready for the Texas State Am qualifier May first.
0: Yeah, uh, no, absolutely. That if Tiger Woods wins it, I mean, obviously that is going to be huge for golf and for him. Uh but uh I I would probably disagree with I don't think Rory's gonna do it this week. You know we are going run through all these ga- these guys' names. We still haven't even mentioned guys like uh you know VJ Singh he's kind of falling off yeah of, I don't think he's gonna but Bubba Watson, Henrik Stenson. I mean those guys are always right there. Yeah, I know well. I,
1: I Stenson at thirty to one is a yeah. nice little out there. Bubba, every time he's won at Riviera, he's ended up winning the masters. So... and he won at Riviera this year and he's fixed it. he's got this new ping putter. That he's putting lights out with, so I like Bubba. I to me, I'd be kind of disappointed if Bubba won. Feels like someone bigger than Bubba needs to win this right. Masters with the hype. Oh, for sure. And look, he would. That'd be his third major title. Title all at Augusta. Great accomplishment. And Bubba's a great player. Hall of Famer for sure. Not that anyone cares about the golf Hall of Fame, but he's a surefire Hall of Famer. I just feel like we're set up for one of the top Phil wins. Big like it's set up for. DJ Speed, Thomas, Rory, or Tiger to win it. And like just epic playoff, maybe Don. Like, we need a big, big name to win it.
0: Yeah. The worst thing that could happen is like a no name just like runs away with it.
1: Yes. That would
0: be <laughs> the worst thing that could possibly happen. You know, he goes into Sunday with like an eight stroke lead or something. And it's just like,
1: oh, that would, first of all, that would be terrible. And I would, I, I don't know if I said this, but I will be at the Masters next Sunday. Mm hmm. First time going to Augusta National, so when we have the show back in a couple weeks, when I'm back, uh, don't worry, we'll sell the show next week. It might just be taped a little earlier. Beauty of Radio. But uh, we'll, I'll, we'll talk about what the Masters and all that stuff was. But if it's a runaway and eight-shot lead, that's going to be so disappointing. Yeah, that's going to be brutal. You, so but you've it, been to Augusta before,
0: right? Never. Oh, this is the first time? First oh, time
1: man. I have never been to Augusta National. Uh, it's hardest ticket to get in sports. Uh, they say. Yeah. I've never been. The only major, I mean, I've been to the Byron Nelson Colonial. When we lived in Cleveland, we went to Firestone. The only major I've been to was for my graduation gift in high school. We went to Pebble Beach at the U.S. Open. Oh, nice. So pretty, pretty good there, yes. I'm uh, very lucky that my parents are very nice to me, <laughs> and uh, I thank them a lot. But, yes, yeah, so I've never been to Augusta. Sunday, I don't know if Sunday's the best time to go for your first time at Augusta. But you know what? Beggars can't be choosers. Uh, yeah. You gotta go, and it's Sunday at Augusta. So you can't really complain about it. Yeah.
0: Um. So you can get yourself a pimento and cheese. A f-
1: yeah, but I heard the the pros' move is get yourself an egg salad sandwich and put them together. Oh. And there you go. A
0: little combo there. I yes, like it. a little like
1: combo. It. That's what I've seen from the pros doing a little research on what to do at the Masters, and seeing and I've seen what people have said what to do. So who knows how it's gonna be? I'm looking forward to it. Uh I'm I mean, depending where we're at, we're only gonna see one hole. Mm -hmm. It's much better to watch it on TV, any major golf tournament. And like no cell phones allowed, none of that. But I mean, it will be fun to be on the grounds for the first to see what everyone talks about. Yeah. All right, so that uh pretty much does it here for our show. Uh thanks everybody for tuning in. Got some heartbreak on the air. Not really I don't know if I want to say it heartbreak, but Mississippi State women taking A disappointing L. Uh, Ryan, what do you got coming up this week? I know next week, I mean, kind of hinted we're going to pre tape it a little early, but we're trying to get Bo Hoster's caddy on. Trying to get a writer who wrote a book about Augusta National on so we can have it uh, during, uh, so you can hear what he says about Augusta National and all that stuff. But it should be a good week coming up. More baseball going, national championship game tomorrow.
0: Yeah, looking forward, really looking forward to that national championship game. That's going to be great. And, hey, man, baseball season is about to be in full swing. I'm happy. Baseball season, I said last week, is my favorite season. So uh, I'm ready to roll with that. All right, follow us on iTunes and Twitter at The Short Thing. Talk to you guys next week.
1: KFF.